Welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of Conversations with Z and Vin. And Z, today we are talking about poison fruit. Uh, this is an idea that has been brewing in our discussions over the last couple of weeks. And poison fruit is a good idea that's gone bad. So it's something that originally has some merit, but it's misapplied, misunderstood, and it becomes toxic. It literally becomes hazardous to our health. And I'm going to share a story because this has been on my mind to such an extent this week. I don't know if it falls in the poison fruit category exactly. It sort of seems to. But this whole idea behind cancel culture and wokeness feels like it's poison fruit. It, maybe there's some merit behind it, behind some of the impulses. Unfortunately, it's spiraled completely out of control. So these are things like equality, ideas of equality, ideas of sensitivity. They're misinterpreted. They're misapplied. And we end up in a world that is absolutely insane. So this has been on my mind because I got a call from my wife this week. And she's got her own business. She's got a bunch of clients that she works with. She's a physician. So she called me a few days ago and she said, one of my clients wants me to talk to the HR department. So it's this big group that she works with and they set up a meeting so that she could talk to HR. So she's all set to talk to HR. Uh, she talks to him that afternoon. And then right afterward, I get a call from her, pick it up right away because I know that she's going to give me the debrief. And she's in tears. She's so distraught and she says, they fired me. Now, practically, it's not that big of a deal. She's got a bunch of clients. Uh, she's fine. But still, it wasn't so much the financial impact. It was more the shock of being fired when she's an excellent physician. She gets rave reviews from everyone that she works with. She was with a nurse, I think, the day before, and they would started having a conversation. It somehow turned to education. And my wife, my wife made a comment about certain kids not being educated and how the parents need to take more of an active role to make sure their kids are educated. And it's tough sometimes because if you're working during the day and your kid is at home, and let's say they're not even in person, they're trying to do the homeschooling because of COVID, it's going to be really tough to make sure that they get a proper education. I don't know what the details were of this conversation. That was the general theme and for some reason, this nurse took offense to it. Maybe she took offense to the topic. Maybe she just hates my wife and wanted to get rid of her. But she complained to HR. Uh, she said that she was offended. She might have said that this was a racist comment. And what was interesting, Z, there was absolutely no discussion. So there was no, let's understand the context. Let's understand what was said. Let's try and work this out. Let's recognize that we're dealing with someone who is an asset to our business, an asset to our patients. Now, what they did was they said, we're going to wash our hands of the whole situation. We don't even want the appearance of conflict. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to be accused of being racist or, or anti-woke or whatever the hell it is. So they fired her. And no questions asked. And there were other physicians on the phone who've worked with her who were appalled. And they said, I can't believe this is happening. She's one of our best physicians. She's excellent with the patients. How can you do this? 
But it's a reasonably big company. They didn't want to take any risk. They stand for nothing. And so this is the world we live in, Z. And this has stuck with me all week because I think about the insanity of this at so many levels. Number one, the fact that you say something and you're responsible for how other people interpret what you're saying. How the hell can you know how they're going to interpret it? You have no idea, which means that you end up censoring everything you say. It puts you in a state of anxiety. We're already in a state of heightened anxiety. It makes things even worse. Two, you think about it from a business standpoint, what do we value as, as service providers, as physicians? Do we value people who are the least offensive possible, who have the most diminished personality, who never say anything interesting, who always follow the rules? Is that our standard of success? Or is it about patient care? It should be about patient care. That's why the group was set up. If it's not about patient care, you lose anyone who can do a good job with patients. And you end up with people who are afraid of their own shadow, who lack the skills to properly take care of the people who come in, who can't make independent decisions. Do you really want someone taking care of you who, in a moment of crisis, is going to be looking over their shoulder wondering whether they're doing the right thing, waiting for someone else to tell them that it's okay to treat the patient? Or do you want someone who can make their own decisions, who's got that knowledge and that conviction? So it's really been weighing on me, and it feels like I see this wherever I go. The Spoken Word Project we've talked about, I had a conversation with a publicist a couple of days ago. Originally, they were really interested in the work that I've been doing, and then they listened more closely to some of the lyrics, and they felt like some of them were offensive and (laughs) I heard this after the conversation with my wife, and I'm like, what the hell? I'm now being canceled by a publicist. She didn't even interpret what I wrote correctly, but she was afraid that it was offensive. I don't know if it offended her or she thought the people that she works with would be offended, so it was too much risk to take. Then as we talked about, there are comments I'm getting on some of my social media posts where people are basically saying that thoughts are the same as abuse, They're equating what you think with physical abuse. And it's like, what the hell is going on? Maybe there was some merit to these ideas originally, Z. Somehow they've become distorted. As you say, they've become poisoned. They've become toxic. They're destroying people. They're destroying livelihoods. They're destroying our mental health. The notions of equality, in some cases, are destroying schools. We're dumbing things down. And I'm not saying I've got all the solutions. I'm just saying let's look at things objectively. Not everyone has to be equal. Not everyone has to be, it has to like us all the time. Not everyone has to leave an interaction feeling like they're validated. It's just weird to me. So I'm worked up this week. I think it's a cool topic, though. It's a very timely topic. So go ahead, Z. Give us your thoughts on poison fruit. Vin, both of us are pretty um, worked up about this in terms of observing the human condition. And for all of you who hang out with us and listen to this, our, our mission is to do what we can to mitigate human suffering. And in order to do that, we look at the causalities of suffering. That's, a, I, I believe, to be uh, 
an intelligent way of dealing with any problem as it in its genesis is look at the cause of that thing. What causes it to, to become what it is? What causes it to go from something um, inconsequential to something life-hindering or even life-threatening? When we speak about poison fruit, I, I look at it from the perspective of physics and nature. The best food you could eat if you do it too much, it goes bad. If it sits out too long, that same thing that was palatable and delicious becomes toxic and even deadly. It transforms over time. It stews into something that is unedible. It's, it changes from something nutritious to something deadly. And there's a process that is this open, unhindered, fermentation and transformation and alchemy. You take any of these notions that started out as good ideas and unchecked, untethered, unbound, they become poison toxic. And I'll kind of walk back from a few things that I've observed and, and listened to. There was an incident in Santa Monica where a guard stabbed a person multiple times, stabbed a person most of the time. Didn't mace him. Didn't handcuff him. There was no citizen arrest. So I don't know all the circumstances, but I observed the post-event. Somebody goes into the grocery store, doesn't wear a mask. They're confronted by employees. You must wear a mask. Problem one, we live in a society of constant confrontation. Um, I want to do this, and you want to do that. Didn't at one point we say a free society is don't tread on me? Isn't that like the Texas flag or something? Don't tread on me in one of these states. What does that mean to be, live and be left alone? Well, how do you live and be left alone and share space with others? Well, it's about organic adjustments, a compromise, biasing of your actions so that you can live harmonious with other people. Real simple. You have to give a little ground. Um, politeness goes a long way. But in a, this idea of freedom, 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 my freedom, my rights, begins to become poison fruit because now you're imposing your way, your will on other people. Your views, your entitlements are now breaching the borders of another person's life. Poison fruit. Freedom has now become poison fruit. So the event continues on and, and to the point where there is a physical confrontation. The guard responds and knifes the person many times. In the earlier interviews with the people that had witnessed it, they said blood was spraying everywhere. He was stabbing the guy repeatedly. Over and over he was stabbing like he was one. One of the witnesses said they thought they were watching a scene from a horror movie. They thought it was a prank. It looked like a horror movie, the way he was stabbing the person. And then as the person was expressing how horrific it was, they suddenly began to speak in a way of relief because the brain finds relief when it can make sense of situations. And they said, well, you know, the guy didn't wear a mask. So I guess what else could happen? 
And over and over, they interviewed different people and said, yeah, the guy didn't have a mask on. It was terrible what happened. I saw it all. But you know, he didn't have a mask. And then afterwards, the police announced that they were checking to see if there had been a crime committed. So under any other time, when a person is stabbed multiple times, unarmed, a stabbing, right, not macing, not a guard, a security guard, stabbing a person. They said, we're going to investigate and see if there was a crime. They said, well, you know, it might not have been a crime because he didn't have a mask on. That's actually what they said. So whatever your views are on the Kofifi and ways, all of this freedom itself has become poison fruit. The American flag is now poison fruit. It was taken over by the far right and Nazis and the, um, uh, these various types of race-based movements. So whenever you see an American flag, you can pretty much know that that's going to be some sort of extreme right-wing militia, racist something, and they wave it proudly knowing that. So this idea of the flag is now poison fruit. The idea of woke. So to be awakened, to be enlightened, that used to be a very beautiful idea, an enlightened person. We want an enlightened professor. We want an enlightened uh, partner and friends who have a, a broad view of the world, who can think out of the box. They're, they're, they're able to be that dispassionate observer and hover over and see things as they are, not as they wish them to be or like them to be. They're enlightened, right? We join our Buddhist meditation group so we can achieve, awake, we can awaken. Uh, the Christians say that Jesus was woke. He awake from the dead or something like that, right? He, he arose from the grave, awake. He was woke. He could now see and the world could see and witness the beauty of resurrection. Well, that's now poison fruit. Being enlightened and being awake doesn't even mean what it started out as. I don't even know what it means anymore. It seems to mean that you run around pointing the finger at people uh, for not virtue signaling. I, I, I don't know. What, what does it mean now? What does woke even mean now? It isn't good. It's poison fruit. It used to be a good thing. Would you rather drive asleep or would you rather drive woke? I would hope everybody's driving woke. But that's a bad thing now. So if woke is bad, then asleep is good. What's the opposite of woke? I don't know. Where well, the opposite of enlightenment is good, to be in the dark, to be, to be ignorant. That's a good thing. That's a good thing now. But being awoke is poison fruit because the people that have used that narrative have abused it to a point where it's about chasing down people, a call to mob uh, action, a cause to um, forcing you into one frame of thinking and behavior and signaling that. You can't even, it's no good. So like in nature, anything that sits too long will transform from one state to another. You harvest fruit and veggies in their season. If you leave them on the branch too long, they become toxic and rotten. 
So we think about this idea of critical race theory. Sounds good. Critical race theory is great. We take a dispassionate view of the causality of social issues in our society. We talk about everything in history, the good, the bad, the ugly. We talk about everything. Well, that's become poison fruit. Somebody said it means to, it's courses on how to hate white people. It just sounds ridiculous. I think if you experience horrible things in a society and you talk about it, or if you talk about the mistakes a society has made, that's how you can make corrections. But it doesn't mean that anymore. It means my side versus yours. It means um, you either hate me or you shut up and, and fall in line. So you can't discuss these things anymore because it's poison fruit. So once that poison fruit has been digested, it brings nothing but grief and suffering. So we can no longer use that. So history is no longer history. Um, the story, his story, is not the story versus his story. And his story happens to be what side you're on. So we look at other things, the idea of the, the Constitution, a noble piece of paper, great ideas in the Constitution. But when it's left to judges who are limited and biased, ideological, the Constitution becomes a weapon against the common person where the common person doesn't have access to the law, poison fruit. So we look in our lives, so many things, this idea that in the case that Vin discussed where you can't have a conversation with people without getting ratted out and misquoted with no redress. Think about that, there's no redress, there's no discussion, no panel of witnesses, no, maybe you misinterpret, let's have a discussion. The idea of having discourse is poison fruit. So an invisible authority can now decide your fate with no redress. None, no redress. Nobody to go to and say, hey, what, what just happened? Well, somebody said you said something about something. Think about how ridiculous that sounds. You can actually lose your job because somebody said they interpreted something you said and it bothered them. That's all it takes. So discourse is poison fruit. We can't have discussions anymore. We cannot have discussions anymore because of the repercussions of a discussion. Does that sound insane? This is poison fruit. Not only is it poison fruit, the poison is hallucinogenic because it's like we're all on LSD now. It's the upside down backwards world. It's like something out of Alice in Wonderland, that stuff she was taking. Didn't she get high on something and was in kind of a clock world or something? So that's where we're at now. And for those of us who opt out, we want to not even indulge in any poison fruit. I drop it right away. Whatever, if somebody says, hey, what do you think about forced vaccinations? were vaccinations enforced by armed authorities. I don't have a thought on it. That's what you have to say now. I have no thought on anything. You can only share your ideas, bounce them off, 
cultivate thought, critique, work on things with people you know very close and intimately. If you don't know them extremely intimately, you can't talk. I just heard of a company that offered a bounty to anyone who would rat out another employee if you found out they weren't vaccinated. They would give you as much as $500 bonus to rat out your fellow workers if they were not, if they were not um, vaccinated. How about that? How about that? So this is where we're at. This is where we're at right now. The poison fruit is so abundant. You talked about a spoken word piece, Vin. Where in your piece, I believe you said, it's wrong to think. If you think a certain way and you describe ways of thinking, and the response was, you're an abuser. So the word abuse is now poison fruit. What does it even mean to be abused? To share a thought with someone is now abuse. Not an action. The very thought is abuse. So this is a sickness. And for those of us who have opted out, it serves us well to observe and step away from. When you hear these conversations, don't be drawn into it. It's like you have to be like Sinbad the sailor when he, when he was passing the island of sirens. He just stuck wax in his ears, put his headphones on, so he couldn't hear this noise that was asking him to come to crash his ship on the rocks, right? We have to be like Sinbad the sailor and just not listen to some of this. Or be so clear in what we're listening to that it is we're able to keep ourselves grounded and clear and say, this is nonsense. For those of you who read common media, you'll understand why we're building the Dharma Media platform. What are the first few headlines that you see? Is unknown celebrities doing acts that are inconsequential to anyone on earth? long before you get to the story that they just got radio signals from another planet, possibly intelligent life. That was on page eight. But whatever, there are celebrities they're talking about, I have no idea of who they are, but they're headlines. Imagine what that's doing to our common sensibilities, especially in the world where we're addicted to our smart devices where the average one of us is addicted to our smart devices because of the algorithms in the smart device mimic the brain so much. It is dulling our senses. And in the dullings of our senses, everything seems too much. Every action, every interaction is just too much. Just thinking that someone is thinking about you is painful. That's abuse. So poison fruit. Don't eat it. Don't ingest it. Don't study it. Don't embrace it. Throw it out. So we will manage this time by adjusting our narrative in a dynamic manner, on the move, like in the military, run and shoot. Get from barricade to barricade in order to save your own mind. If you follow this trend, you will lose your mind. Up will be down, left will be right, right will be wrong. 
this stuff is the actual definition of deranged. Deranged is in poor arrangement, is out of arrangement. Understand physics will teach us everything we need to know about life. Physics, is, again, as I said over and over, is the study of natural phenomena. Watch the workings of nature and learn from nature. She is the final teacher. So when you hear things that are this outside of the realm of nature, avoid it. Don't try to make sense of it. When somebody says that your thinking is abuse, avoid them. When you know that something doesn't smell right, don't try to convince yourself that it smells great. There's a reason our senses respond in a way that allowed us to survive for thousands and thousands of years on this planet. So we live in interesting times. The general quality of human health has greatly declined in, in the last several years. There are myths that people do not question anymore. Watch trends around. I know around here you look at trends. People don't work anymore. There's a lot of people that just don't work. I don't know what's going on. My son told me it was a workers' rebellion. I like that idea, that people were just sick of whatever was going on and being abused, so they're just not readily going back to work. So when people tell you the economy is doing fine, do your eighth grade economics class and know that something doesn't smell right. Something's coming down the pike. Also understand that people sit in different positions in their life, and we all have different realities. And each of those, though they are not total reality, they are your limited piece of reality. You're your part of a jigsaw puzzle. If you want to know what's real, survey all things around you. Look at the lives of many different people from different backgrounds, different circumstances, different conditions. And then you will know what is real. You see on these um, internet things, these influencers, all of them are rich, driving Lamborghinis, doing all this. They're always happy. Always happy. Never. And then later on you find they committed suicide or jumped off a building or something like that. That's what they should do. Because they're not living life anymore. So when they come back into their body, being here is so painful. Being here is so painful that the only respite from that pain is to end their existence because their existence was tethered to a box, an illusion of fake friends or non-existent likes, effortless interactions that don't make you grow. Nature requires struggle in order to grow and evolve. A plant must push up from the earth. We've talked about this before. A baby must cry. A baby must reach for its mother's breast. It must learn to suckle to survive. That very effort, that very struggle makes that person stronger and more able to sustain themselves. So as we embrace the normal struggles of life, the normal discomforts, it allows us to evolve. With all of this poison fruit that we're consuming, there is no way to be well-nourished mentally, spiritually, or physically. 
let things go right away. Even if it's a thing that started out good, and when they get when 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 this this bizarre phenomena gets a hold to it, let it go. And you'll find yourself being able to navigate the world a little better. Run and shoot, run and shoot like they say in the military. Get cover, cover yourself, move on. Because if you dwell in it, you, there's no way not to be of sound mind if you try to make sense of it. More people are being attacked over mandates of masks and things like that or losing their jobs over mandates. When companies are offering bounties for wayward employees who don't adhere to the mandate, and for those of you who really are into this idea that we should all vaccinate, which I am not against, I am against mandates. Why? Because I have seen the abuse of authority all my life. I have seen an unreliable judiciary. I have seen what happens to people who are put in authority and weaponize that authority. It never turns out good. Not in the history of humanity has it ever turned out good. When you weaponize authority and you enforce mandates, how did we get here? Is the consumption of the poisoned fruit. We no longer have discourse. We can't have civil disagreements because they're uncomfortable. Everyone strives to get the medal, but not the work it takes to get the medal. Everyone wants to be valedictorian, even if they have nothing to say. We live in that world. Equi equality and equanimity has now become poison fruit. It now means lower the bar. It now means lower the bar so that everybody can be a gold medalist. They're thinking about making gaming an Olympic sport. So now the Olympics have become poison fruit. So let us claim that. Let us create our community and our environment where we throw out the poison fruit. We claim narrative. We clarify narrative. We talk plain, clear, simple, and honest with each other. We look after each other by first looking after ourselves. We share our intellectual resources with one another. We, we help each other. Why? Because when you help another person, it enriches your mind and your life condition. There is data that shows that being auspicious, being benevolent, actually improves the state of your mind. When you're in an area where you can't be that way, you decline and deteriorate. When you're always guarded, when you're always uh, on point, when you find yourself ravaged with anxiety, wondering how to deal with these, going into situations with angst. People now you see are ready to explode because of that. Just as if you had physically ate poison fruit, you would explode. You would vomit, you would pee, puke, right? You would have explosive diarrhea and vomiting and eating poison fruit. 
but it's happening mentally to people. That's why we're seeing the violence, the discontent, the divisiveness. Words don't mean what you thought. Phrases don't mean what you thought anymore. And once the polarization comes in, everything you say is turned around. If you say the idea of equality, now it means you're taking from me what you don't deserve. So we can't use that word. History doesn't mean history. It, it means exclusive, exclusive perspectives and storytelling to support your group narrative. So history doesn't exist anymore because what people are calling for is an exclusive group narrative. Make my group look good. In order to do that, I have to make your group look bad, but we can't tell the story. Patriotism means doesn't mean anything anymore. It means you carry a flag and you pump, you coal roll over uh, electric cars or something like that. That's a real patriot. That you hate other people. Poison fruit. You follow me, Vin? Yeah, what I find amazing is the speed at which all this has taken place. I just think about my adult life, uh, the last 25 years, roughly. And I saw signs of this in the early 90s. That was probably the first time. Actually, before I went to university, the university I went to, there was some incident there uh, right before I arrived. It was the year before this Jewish student had yelled at some, uh, a group of black women. Uh, they were outside of his dorm. He was studying and he felt like they were too loud. So he yelled at them, shut up, you water buffaloes. And I think he even said it in Yiddish. So I don't know how they found out what the hell he meant. But somehow people found out that this is what he said. And they said, oh, you're racist. And they actually kicked him out of school. And then he filed the lawsuit, and I think years later, he won. But that was the first inkling to me that something seems off. Although, for the rest of the 90s, I don't remember too much of this. It really, in the, the early 2000s, I don't remember too much. I mean, it feels like it's a phenomenon that's occurred over the last 15 years, and certainly the last 10 years, it's gotten really bad. But the speed at which our culture has changed amazes me the fact that we're censoring ideas, we're censoring academic research, we're dismissing people because of things that they said 30 years ago, which was a completely different time, and not to mention the person themselves could be completely different today versus, versus their state of mind 30 years ago. There's no appetite for discussion. And then it's just weird, Z, because this whole woke culture, it's tied up with this progressive political movement. And you got these leaders who are just, I don't know, it, it almost seems like a carnival to me. We had this gala in New York, uh, which is the Met Ball every year. And it's $30,000 a head or something like that. I mean, some ridiculous amount of money. And AOC, uh, the politician, went to this thing. And she wore this dress that said, tax the rich. And it's kind of like, what, what are you doing? I mean, you're complicit in the same system. You're attending this thing. Someone's paying 
30 grand for you to show up and you're here to make a statement, but at the same time, you're part of the system that you're trying to tear down. It, it's just weird. I feel like we're at the point where it's all shades of gray. Nothing means anything anymore. And maybe it's a natural conclusion of a world where you can't offend. You think about what that means if I can never offend, but I also don't know what offends other people, then I have two options. One is I keep my mouth shut. The second is I just agree with whatever everyone else says. <laughs> That's my only solution. So if my goal is to never offend, let me just figure out what direction the winds are blowing and I'll jump on that bandwagon and I should be okay because I'm with the crowd. What kind of world is that? There's no check on insanity. Whatever crazy idea the crowd comes up with, I'll go along with because I'm too afraid to do anything else. So that whole backdrop is very strange to me. It's concerning. Maybe it's not as concerning as it should be because I tend to step back from it. I don't have the, the patience to engage. Uh, but the impact of that, I, I don't know where we land. It, it's interesting. It could be that there's a backlash, as we've been talking about, that people are just tired of this nonsense and there's some backlash against it. Or it could be that it splits us further apart because if there's the backlash but no reconciliation, you get warring factions uh, that are going at each other. It, one thing that interests me, Z, is just trying to understand why this has happened and why it's happened so quickly. Uh, I talked to certain friends who've got kids who are in college. I had this discussion the other day. I was talking with someone, and he was saying his daughter, uh, for a while she was more moderate politically uh, when she was in high school. But as soon as she got to college, she moved more on the progressive side, the woke side. And now they can't even have discussions because if they talk about any of these issues, she just gets too upset. So there's no engagement. And she's just been there for, for a few months. <laughs> so in that uh, uh, few-month period, her entire worldview has changed. And I, I wonder about this. You know, How much of this is peer pressure? How much is feeling like it's – I guess the woke thing to do, for lack of a better term, we need to be this way to show sensitivity. Uh, we need to prove to other people that we're sufficiently enlightened. But again, that's a betrayal, as we've talked about, of the word enlightenment that's more ingesting of this poison fruit. You know, is it just the world that we live in where everyone is looking for validation? How much of this comes from technology and the fact that maybe lives, life as we know it is changing? You look at what Zuckerberg is doing with the metaverse, and that's a direction that we're moving in because of social media, because of online gaming. We've got a generation of people who spend all their time in virtual reality. And I was talking to someone else who was saying that if he were to give his kid $100, the kid would have no idea what to do with $100. He would say, okay, that's fine, but I can't spend this. I need the Fortnite currency so I can play Fortnite and buy a bunch of cool stuff. That's the metric. Everything has moved to this virtual reality. And I wonder if that's part of this, because if you untether humanity from the physical world, maybe you don't need <laughs> discourse anymore. It sounds ridiculous, but maybe you can adopt whatever crazy idea you want. Uh, maybe nothing needs to have any meaning because, as you talked about, Z, Physics is a check on reality, but if you're in the virtual world, do you even need physics? It, it obeys a different set of laws. 
do you need to be able to interact with other people? You can surround yourself uh, in in echo chamber. You can go into the chat rooms and virtual reality rooms where people are exactly like you. You can filter through humanity and create the exact environment that you want. So it, how much of that is part of this? I mean, it's almost like our entire conception of life is changing our idea of what it means to be human. Are, are we dealing with a different species today than we have in the past? Is that the reason that we're moving in this poison fruit direction? Ben, I think you're on to something, but I would like to go back to what you said. I'm very careful when we talk about politics, um, the idea of progressive versus conservative. They don't mean anything. Those terms don't mean anything. Think about the word progress. Doesn't everybody want to progress? Doesn't everybody want to conserve their nature, their energy? So those words don't mean anything. What you have is left-wing irritant and, and, and right-wing malice. The right-wing is weaponized, gun-heavy, shoot-to-kill. The left-wing seems to be extremely irritating, annoying, and agitating. And so these are the way the pendulum swings. There's no middle ground anymore. There's the murderous kid in Kenosha and the, the stabbings in Santa Monica. What's common? The crowd chanting, kill him, kill him, he has no mask. And another one on patrol, armed patrol shooting people, looking for someone to kill. So there you are, conservative, progressive. Let the pendulum swing back and forth, back and forth. The Tao says the middle path. The Vedas say the middle path. Buddhism says the middle path. There's no middle anymore. Um, some people say you, you can't have a middle. Well, if we think about yin-yang theory, in yin there's a little yang, in yang there's a little yin. So it's not an absolute center like many people think. It is a wavy line. The straightest path is a bit crooked. Sometimes you're a bit progressive, sometimes you're a bit more conservative. On what issue or what topic? Our mission is health and wellness, and why we're talking about this is I would like the opt-outs to extract themselves from the political madness of the day. It is not discourse anymore. It is, it is toxic tribalism. For us to be mentally sound and healthy and well, we need to throw away the toxic fruit. The term progressive, the term conservative, stay away from it. It destroys family. People are not speaking to their children or their parents. Siblings are at war with one another because the pendulum swings to the right wing or the left wing of the same sick bird. Get away from the bird. It has bird flu. It has bat flu. It has whatever it is, but that bird is sick. For us to be well as an individual, as society, it is best that we find a clear narrative. The Tao always says, if you want to find the way, observe nature. Get away from the crowd and observe the functions of nature. Are those things still intact? And you brought up a good point. Because people live in a virtual world that isn't bound by the physics of this world, they're unable to really relate to the natural world, the physics of our world. Too bad. You have so much energy in a lifetime. 
We're afforded as mammals so many billions of heartbeats in a lifetime. Let's not waste our time. Work with one another. Build with one another. Share enlightenment with one another. The Buddha told us this in his last teaching to his disciples. Work together. Be constructive together. If you can't, leave each other alone. Can we still be left alone? I don't know if that's possible. Since the idea that your very thinking is now abuse, sharing a thought is abuse. Not even sharing what you're thinking about with the person you're thinking about, but even a third party or fourth party overhearing that you had a thought is now a crime. Let's not even be a part of that. So we, we, need, we need to have holistic tribalism. Find like-minded people that are doing constructive things, promoting good health, well-being, sharing knowledge, literature, art, and able to have discourse. How do you test it? Can you speak freely without there being um, hellish repercussions? Can you just hang out? Can you have a fireside chat and share thoughts and ideas and bounce them off with someone else intellectually? Those are very healthy things to do for human beings. We grow, we communicate, we share thoughts and ideas, and sometimes they're gritty, sometimes they're not. But if they're always pure, always sincere, we'll be okay. Yet we live in a moment where you can't share that with everybody because we seemingly are tethered together by an invisible string of, 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 of this digital world we live in. And you don't want to be singled out. You don't want to be, what do they call it, when they dox people or something like that, where they track you down and condemn you for a thought or something you wrote. And I would say, too, to people, do like I do. I don't really use Facebook and all that a whole lot. Every now and then I'll post a baby picture or something like that. Stay away from it. I remember years ago when Facebook was whatever it is, there was some acquaintance I had that I thought I was a very close friend with for many, many years, hadn't spoke to in a while, and she reached out on Facebook with the, the friendly thing, be my friend, whatever they call it. And I punched, hey, great to hear from you. Why don't you give me a call? Okay, I'll give you a call. Never called, right? So years go by and say, hey, give me a call. Let's talk. Let me, let's get caught up. Oh, okay, I would never did. And then I was on the book face thing and I accidentally hit a button. I think it was a crab biting a guy's testicles or something. They had a picture. And I went, oh my God, it, it, it Whatever it did on Facebook, you know, you hit the button and other people can see something you liked or something. And then she wrote me this long letter that I was uh, homophobic and, it, and this and that. And, it was, and I didn't even bother. We just stopped speaking. This is someone who had lived in my home. I supported her in getting her uh, college degree. Um, considered a very dear friend. We've never spoke since. Never made any more contact. That's how toxic this thing is. Another friend I found out had died through Facebook. And my last entry to her was, give me a call. Because the senses crave the vibrations of a human voice and word. Just like a baby loves the soft voice of their mother, the deep voice of the father comforting them, making them feel safe. When I hold my little one at night, he likes to sleep with me telling him a quiet story in his ear and he falls right to sleep. 
Either he's bored as hell for my story or just the comfort of it. This is a natural thing in human beings to connect, to interact. We're not doing that, so this toxicity is growing from that, this poison fruit. I ask all of you to back away from some of this stuff and just as an experiment. You don't have to do it forever. It, it has its own habitual nature. But look at all these people and ask, when was the last time we spoke or sat across from one another and had tea? I remember just driving to a friend's house just to see the face. It was so nice. I drove up uh, a few times, different people. Sometimes I call and we just talk. I have a really dear friend, Phil Wong. And sometimes we just call, Caitlin's hers, and we just talk about random things that went on today. And it, it just lifts your spirits. My God, it just, it's connection. It's connection. It's thriving. And the more that we miss that, the more that poison fruit has its ill effects on us. Because those senses bring us back to reality. Brings us back to gravity. Not the virtual not the cyber, not the uh, 3D visual world or whatever. This is where we're at. We're primitive. We're ancient. The technology helps, but it also can hurt. The body needs water and food and nurturing. The spirit needs comfort, affection, engagement. But when you've lost yourself in this moment, Everything is too painful. It's too much. The light is too bright. It burns because we're not used to it. So let's throw away the poison fruit. Pick things fresh. Reclaim those things that actually benefit you. Avoid the discourse of the day. You will see in an observation I've had and I'm watching trends, there will be more and more polarization in the political realm because there is no, yin, no line between yin and yang. It's only extremes. One weaponized, one immunized. It's terrible. So let's get away from the horror. Let's, again, as I've often said, let's be like the people in the biblical story of Sodom and Gomorrah and just get out and not look back. Let's come together and share ideas and thoughts. How can we be healthy and well, live a good life, share with friends? I had the most wonderful experience today with the young man whose brother is suffering uh, the four stages of cancer, to have Caitlin and John Tay, uh, all of them uh, able to speak just as if I would speak. And it brought this family great comfort. We didn't save the world, but we saved the day for a brother watching his older brother suffer from cancer. We made their day better. They left here with a smile on their face. That's all we did. Nobody was sanctioned, censored, canceled. And we shared all manners of thinking, laughing. And I was very blunt with the young man. And we shared a tear together and a laugh. That is the physics of human life. Let's live. Let's Let's be alive. You follow me, Vin? Yeah, there are a couple of things that I take away from our discussion both today and as we've been talking in the last few days. 
One is what you've just been saying. Uh, we need that real interaction. We need that visceral connection. And we're so tribal as a society that we're increasingly isolating ourselves into smaller and smaller groups. We, we want to reject that. We want to make sure that we have some basis for interaction and discourse because it's a check on what's actually happening. I mean, number one, there's a certain amount of intimacy and human connection, and that's just part of being alive, connecting with other people, sharing points of view. But two, if you want to know what's really going on, if you're in your little echo chamber, how the hell would you ever know? You can make up whatever story you want about the other side, that they're serial killers, they're child molesters, they're devil worshipers, because you never get any of that visceral feedback. So we want to engage, number one. And number two, something you said to me yesterday, which I thought was really profound, we just need to be aware of who we're interacting with. We are in a world where people have low character, where they don't care about us, where they're sensitive about being offended. They might want to take us out for whatever, any number of reasons. It could be something we said. It could be the way that we carry ourselves. It could be jealousy. Uh, so limiting those interactions and having that situational awareness, uh, I think that was the term you use. Z. having situational awareness is important. And then we don't have to waste energy getting into discussions that later become liabilities that either turn into arguments or put us in a position where someone is going to dox us. We just avoid those interactions. We've got our trusted group of people. Uh, we can have conversations with a certain set of people. And the rest of it, we don't worry about. And, and maybe that's the best we can do. That's how we survive this crazy world that that we're a part of. Yeah, Vin, I think when I listen to you, the the let's return to politeness, agreeability, so we can grow and flourish. A healthy mind, a healthy body, a healthy spirit. If we live 100 years, it's too short. I'll say it and I'll say it again and again as we talk. Let's not waste our time. Let's grow and every day we finish our day. Did you do something meaningful? Was it, was it worth being here or did you just breathe? I got to touch the lives of people. I got to meet some nice people today. I supported a, a brother supporting his dying brother. I got to see Kaylin and Jante step in and, and be part of something very beautiful. It's a great day to die. It's a great day to die because this life delay was complete. Let's all of us ask each other, if this is it for us, what did we do a few hours earlier? What did we do today? Did you, were you an influencer? Did you talk to robots on the internet? Or did you have a few minutes with somebody who was in great pain and you were able to remedy that pain, even for a little while? And when you do that, there's a cosmic karma that shines on you. These days are rough. Through this pandemic, the shutdown of businesses, it's been rough. I was talking to Caitlin today. There's endless stress of just basic survival for many of us. 
toxic stress. But the antidote for that is service, gratitude. It started out as a rough day, just handling all the, navigating this pandemic. But to see um, the folks here rise to the occasion and help our fellow being. There was no hatred, no rage, no politics, no left or right. Just helping each other out. And in the quiet of your own heart, doesn't it feel good, huh, Kayla? It feel kind of good. It felt kind of good. And for me, being like the old grumpy old man around here, to see the young ones standing in for me, my God, Jante just clicked in. Whatever I was hesitant, they just filled in. It was just beautiful. It was like my mind was relieved. And he's going to feel better. That's all we did today. What did you do today? That's it for me, man. All right. Well, good discussion, Z. Let's keep on walking that middle path. Keep on focusing on relationships with the people we care about. And all of the noise, all of the nonsense, the bullshit, just reject it. No need to spend time fighting against it, changing opinions, considering it. To your point, Z, we know what makes sense. If we observe the world, we know what's right and what's nonsense. Let's step away from the nonsense.